result. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. What's up, you guys? It's Malcolm Charles, and you're listening to Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. If you're someone who lays in bed at night mindlessly scrolling through TikTok, wondering why the fuck you're not asleep yet, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Today's guest is no stranger to your For You page. His viral videos have been viewed by millions and have upset tens of thousands of New Yorkers, (laughs) including the entirety of Murray Hill and the Financial District. He's a student, a business owner, a content creator, an entrepreneur, a photographer, a videographer, and the king of clubbing nearly shirtless. And he wants all the ladies to know that while he may live on the Upper East Side, he is poor and will not be buying you drinks at the club. Malcolm Charles, welcome to Pulse Pounding. Amazing. Amazing intro. Thanks for having me. Let's do this. So I never really have like influencers on the show because i'm an influencer hater i think it's like not a real job title but i feel like what you're doing is so different like you have so many things that you're doing while you're creating content around that and i think it's inspiring to people and it's fascinating that you can find the time to do so much and i feel like it's the literal example of if you make an excuse that you don't have enough time you're here to tell people that you can get five million things done in a week (laughs) Right. Definitely. I mean, like the whole like time management thing, like you never really will ever be able to fit everything in. It's more just like, how much can you really push out of the time you have to get done? And then just like figure out the rest as you go. Right. That's just how I try to live life. Like how I want to do everything, but I can only do this much. And I said, to be okay with doing that much, but like over a longer period of time, it'll be a lot. Right. So let's put a rumor to rest. Do you have any relation to the other extremely annoying to listen to speak about anything? Charles. James. (laughs) James. <laughs> That's really funny. That's so funny because when I first started like the Malcolm Charles brand, mm-hmm. like like Charles, that was what everyone would assume. I started it maybe like six years ago, like making YouTube videos. And they're like, oh, like you're just copying James Charles. When I would I have no interest in doing that. Right. But no, no connection. I don't even look like the guy. So No, thank God. Um, where does the Charles come from? Is it your middle name or something? Malcolm Charles is the name that I like created for social media. It just mm-hmm. sounds better than my actual name. Yeah, I did the same thing. I hate my last name, so I never use it. (laughs) So I know the majority of your content is about living in New York City and everything that comes with that. But where did you actually grow up? So I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, Yeah, suburbs, super normal upbringing, nothing crazy, right right outside of Rutgers University. Mm -hmm. And that's where I grew up until I moved to New York City two years ago. What made you want to move to New York? Uh, so I wanted, uh, so I was figuring out like, how can I move to New York city and like, be able to like, what, what's the best route to go. And so I decided on going to school here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up going to Pace university. And so I'm taking courses there right now. And I mean, we'll do both. So I go to school in addition to doing everything else. So what is your problem with Murray Hill and the financial district? Because people are pissed. I read the comments on the shit that you post about those places and they are not happy. Uh, honestly, like. There's there's no hate to like any of them. I just think it's I know that I'm gonna get a reaction out of people, and that's what it's gonna be. Like I, for some reason, the Fide Eye community super strong, super <laughs> like I lived in Fide Eye. No one knows that I lived in Fide Eye. Right. I lived there for like six months, so I I, I can everything I speak on I can attest to because I lived it. <laughs> Murray Hill, I've just seen it as a rising trend that everybody seems to hate on it. You know. And yeah. I just hop on that bandwagon. I have no hate towards it. I've never really even spent time there. But uh, as far as hopping on the bandwagon for New York City, like what we don't like, 
Fight Eye Murray Hill is going to get a big reaction. <laughs> They're last on the list. Murray Hill has yeah. my favorite rooftop, I think, um, on the Archer Hotel. Mm, dope. Yeah, I've never, I've never spent any time in Murray Hill, so I can't test or deny anything. <laughs> I like to go to the rooftop bars that aren't on the list of like the top ten best places, so you don't find like sure. the white girls in the flower car- flower crowns frolicking all yeah. over the roof. Exactly. I- for their birthdays and brunches, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what made you start creating content on TikTok? Did you have like a specific goal or were you kind of just like fucking around in quarantine like the rest of us? The first like TikToks I would ever post, it was actually for my clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, I like the whole reason I got into content is for my clothing brand because I needed to figure out how to make videos, how to make content to promote the brand. Right. And so that's six years ago when I started it or five, six years ago now at this point, like I needed to figure out how to, how promotions work, how like promotional content was created. And so everyone was like, Oh, like make YouTube videos, make like, and then TikTok platform came around. And then naturally over time, I just was like, you know what? I see a lot of people like blown up on this. Like, let me see like how I can get on this. Right. I feel like it's the quickest platform. Like if you're consistent where you can gain a lot of followers and kind of push that to whatever else you're doing. Right now, yeah. Right now, it's unheard of. The um, like the, the reach TikTok has, no other platform has had it in the past or and probably will have it in the future. Well, I mean, the amount of random people that you come across on the platform and you see will have 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers. I feel like everyone yeah. has a couple hundred thousand followers for nothing. Everyone has millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers and verified. And you're like, I've never heard of you, but... <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, enjoy your life. But what is it you're actually doing? Um, So I stumbled across you on the For You page last summer when I was scrolling. I was trying to go to sleep. And then you end up three hours later wondering why you're not asleep. (laughs) Um, So I've been following you ever since. And I wanted to know, did you actually city bike 80 blocks blacked out with work in an hour and a half? Right. So, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like, most of my videos are, like not fabricated they might be like twisted to add like just getting people more to, to, to get a reaction yeah people. good storytelling generally speaking like that tiktok that was like when i wasn't even like caring about tiktok and just posting for fun for shits and gigs i think i had like maybe like like a thousand followers at mm-hmm. that time it was july probably like two thousand maybe yeah and I, I so i was at a bar with my friends on the lower east side i'm like and literally on the lower east side around like like ludlow mm-hmm and so super low. And then I just needed to go home and it was warm out. I you know I was possibly intoxicated. And so I said, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like my friend was going to city bike too. He lived in Midtown. Mm-hmm. So he, we just got city bikes and took them all the way up. They were electric. Can't take the responsibility <laughs> that strong. But yeah, we, just, we got on city bikes and rode it 80 blocks, probably even more than 80 blocks, honestly, but did it. I've never been on a city bike, but I did those bird scooters while I was away in North Carolina, and nobody should be driving those after like a certain hour because that shit it goes too fast. Yeah, where I grew up, they had those, and like around like the college campuses. Yeah, and yeah, those are dangerous. Yeah, they're not slow. I was under the impression I wasn't going to get far, but <laughs> nah, you're gonna make some speed and make some make some mistakes too. Yeah, for sure. So you make a ton of videos about clubbing in New York City and tips on getting into the hot clubs, which ones are the best to go to. So walk okay. me through your first New York City club experience. Okay. So first New York City club experience was May last year. Mm-hmm. Surprise. May last year. Um, I, I, I had a friend that I met, maybe even like I threw a house party and I had a friend that, that came to it, a random person that came with a mutual friend of ours. And then we just became really close. We clicked immediately. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a week or two later, one of her friends was coming into town 
and they wanted to go out and I had never even heard of like, I, ne- I didn't understand the club scene whatsoever. Never right. knew what a promoter was, never knew what bottle service was anything. And so we pull up to this club and the, pr- the promoter at the time was like, okay, guys, it's going to be uh, $50 a guy. And uh, like the girls will be free. Just pull up $50 per person. Let's do it. And at the time, like last summer, I was making a lot of money because I just launched my media agency at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was very like secure financially. And so like I had one of my one of my photographers I was working with me and I was like, come with me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go alone. Like, so I, I paid for both of us. I then I with the guy $100. Um, we get into this club. It wasn't even a club. I'm sure it was just like some random space I was rented out for the event for the mm-hmm. evening. And we go inside. I didn't even have clothes for the event. So the, my friend at the time had a Chrome Hearts hoodie in her apartment. I didn't even know what Chrome Hearts was. <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, you, you can wear this. Just be super careful with it. Like, and I'm thinking, what is this? I don't want to wear a hoodie in a club. Like, that, that's not what people wear. Right. And like, I was wearing, like, dress pants and a hoodie and a Chrome Hearts hoodie. And I'm walking in the club, and then it's super hot in this place because it's not actually a club. It's, like, a rented out venue. Right. And I'm like, like fuck it. So I unzipped the shirt. I'm, I'm just vibing out and, like, it was just a sick night. And then one of the promoters who I didn't even know was a promoter at the time comes up to our table. He's like, Hey guys, like come over to our table, like come party with us. And like, we're just at the bar buying drinks and shots at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're like, sick, let's do it. We follow him over. And he's like, yo, like, do you want, do you want to split a bottle? Like, it'll look really cool. I'm like, okay. Like, why not? You know, like it's my first time here. Like let's buy a bottle. He's like, we'll split it three ways. I think it was like $75 a person. Right. And uh, yeah, we, we bought a bottle of, I think, Casamigos. And uh, that was our first time. But what I later realized was that promoters get free bottle service. And he oh, was just scamming right $150 and oh, $50 so... person to get into the club too. So, so he yeah, was scamming he you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And the fuck out of us. Well, so. I guess that answers the question that I was going to ask, which is what is your gripe with club promoters? <laughs> oh, so that... I didn't even have that realization that I was scammed until maybe like three months ago. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's not even like a like a towards. There's no one specific in the clubbing industry per se that I have a problem with in terms of promoters. Right. But I think it's the general concept of when you put people that are like when you put unqualified people in positions of power, mm-hmm. like nothing can go right. Right. Like club promoters are there to bring girls in to watch alcohol and serve alcohol and like ensure a good quality of time. Right. And when you dms from random hospitality groups saying hey you just moved to new york city come be a promoter we'll pay you per person you bring out or per ticket you sell and like we'll get you into these events and blah 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 and like now you're creating this culture of just chaos with people unqualified to do jobs of course issues are going to happen and i can recount issues of my friends and i friends that i know experiencing terrible like interactions with promoters terrible events that happen as a result of having poor promoters and so from that aspect it's more than just a general problem with how the industry is being treated in terms of promoters at all these ticketed clubs that don't even need to be named. You know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah, um, like, so yeah. what are some of your top tips for clubbing in NYC for people who are new to the area, not really used to the New York club scene? Like what are your tips for guys or for girls? Both, because I was going to ask you that as well. Do you feel like it's harder for guys to get in? Two tips. How you dress is extremely important. And the confidence that you have is extremely important. Like you can, if you pull up not looking your best, like, and whatever your best is in terms, like, for example, like my best friend is huge into streetwear. So I don't necessarily like think if I could pull that off what he's wearing, but if that brings him confidence, that makes him feel good, then rock out and wear that. Right. I, what makes me confident is like, what's going to be like, like slim, what's going to look sleek, 
and just like not too flashy, but like, you know, like, oh, like that person has a clear sense of who they are. Right. And just that sense alone, when you walk up to a bouncer or to a door to a new venue, or even when you're walking in places, it's like, it just adds a sense of like, okay, like this person belongs here. And some clubs, when their doors are really difficult, um, just how you look and how you hold yourself and how you talk will get you in. That's happened to my friends and I as well. Right. But aside from personal matters, um, how you treat people can actually really help. Like no one, people seem to overlook that. Like um, just how you, tr- when you treat the bouncers, you don't have to like act so pretentious like the entire club industry is. Like right. you can even just have a conversation with the guy and just ask how their night's going. That's something that my friends and I definitely try to like always enforce when, when we're bringing people out or even when like we're just, when, when we first started going out, like it doesn't hurt to be nice. Right. And that's like a really big tip. But for guys in particular, for guys to get into clubs, I think a really big tip. <sighs> Really big tip on it. I hate to say it, but take like, your wallet out. <laughs> That's what I would think. Like, don't want to buy. If you don't want to buy a table, the easiest way for guys to get into a club is honestly to have a bunch of girls that you're with. Right. And like that whole like that whole idea and concept of like you need like of the ratio at clubs is like I feel like old now. It's overplayed now. But yeah that's the truth of how you want to get into clubs like for example i just started hosting tables for people now for fun right like i don't want to be a promoter but i just want to be able to create events for people not to feel judged and feel welcomed and so everyone can come as many people as you can fill on this guest list come have a great time and but i find myself now even when i'm talking to people to get them into clubs it's like hey you're definitely cool to come but the venue itself the door might be pretty hard if you're not bringing some uh some people with you right that aren't guys and you can't have a group of huge guys coming in that's like just basic one-on-one rules right but that's what i've realized yeah that's so interesting what you're saying about like that the confidence is key i feel like that's 80 percent of the battle in most aspects of life like i don't really do clubs as much anymore as i'm getting older but i like to go to a lot of live shows and i am the fucking king of like sneaking backstage or finding the artist somewhere i went to uh governor's ball this summer and I was watching um, Rufus do Soul because they're my favorite. And I was like, yo, I'm going to get back there and I'm going to find them. So I left like a song early before their set ended. And there's like this big archway in the back where like the security sits. And basically all the back of each stage faces one way. So you're in like a big, almost like a square. And then there's all like the buses and the trailers and then the back of each stage. I literally just like pretended I was on the phone and waltzed my way right yeah. past them. And no one even stopped me because if you're dressed the way that you're supposed to be dressed for wherever you're going or wherever you're trying to get in and you just act like you belong, no one even questions you. Right. Because the thing is, the bigger the festival, the less everyone in the loop is. Right. Like, for example, since I work in photography and videography, I've worked at huge nightclubs. And I can tell you, I've I've, I've been hired to shoot the main act, the DJ at some huge venues. Right. And like the lines for these ticketed clubs are insane. But I'll walk in there and they'll be like, who are you? Like, I have no idea who you are. Or like, I'll try to be getting backstage and they'll send me back to the front and say, I need a wristband. Right. I ask people in the front, they're like, oh, you need to talk to this person. And the line of communication gets so skewed. Like, you, you genuinely don't know what you can actually do if you just do it. Like, as, as the events go bigger and bigger, it's much easier to just, like, sneak in places. Right. And the more artists and the more teams that are involved in it. Um, yeah. I, there was this guy on TikTok. I, he disappeared. I, like, followed his page for a while and then he just disappeared. I don't know if he got in trouble for what he was posting. Um, but he would go to these different events. Like he went to when Kanye was doing all the Donda events, he went to whatever the biggest one was. I think it was at the Staples Center. And he was showing how he would like show up early and kind of like scope out 
what the press passes looked like and he would go and recreate them in his car on like photoshop and he had this printer that would like print it and laminate it onto what looked like the real press pass and he would weasel his way into all these events to get pictures it was sick what is your favorite club in the city okay don't have a favorite club but i will say that all that matters have a good time is that you're with good company that's That's a good point like i've had nights where like i've been to so many different clubs in the city and bars as well and i will say that some of the bigger ones the ones that everyone knows about are not as fun because they're super pretentious. Everyone's just there to stand around and look pretty. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like the randomest clubs you'll walk into for the first time and it's like the, the energy is great and you're with your huge group of friends, you can have a great time regardless of where you are. Yeah. I hate, That's what I'll say. I hate Marquee. That's like my number one place I don't want to go. Yeah. I mean, those are all those ticketed like promoter run clubs anyway. So never set foot in them. Yeah, we bought tickets. I think it was like New Year's Day or some shit. We went to see a DJ. It was a miserable experience. I think I'm also too old. Like I'm going to be 30 this year. I'm too old to be caught in those environments with those bitches in their flower crowns and all the shit they're pulling. Like I can't do that anymore. So besides your TikTok hustle, you also started your own business, which is a digital marketing agency? Marketing, but more so media. Okay. Um, so So because I started my clothing company five, six years ago, I've had years of experience in the marketing industry and the photography, videography, because I did it all myself. And um, from that, when I moved to New York City, I was like, I need something new because I can't bring all my product into New York. I just don't have time to balance all this right now. I'm starting a new life. I'm going to start going to school again. And so I just need something new. And so media came up because I'm a photographer and that's what I like to do. And videography from YouTube, I'm pretty proficient in like how to do the like the online world. Right. And so one day I was in a limo with this owner of a big brand in New York City. And um, he offered to g- give us a limo ride, just take us home, whatever, for a ride, for a joyride, really. And um, he was hotboxing the fuck out of the limo. <laughs> and he was like, yo, like, I need help. I have a question. I'm opening up a new location for my store. Like, do you know anything about like how to market this new limo service we're starting? And I'm like, not necessarily i'm like of course like me me being the like jump on every opportunity i'm like of right. course yeah i do media it's what i do i'm like let's do it and so from that point on um it was just his one brand and i would do handle all of their photography their video their photography of their products the photography of their customers using the products the videography the promotional content marketing creating ads and creating all the content surrounding the marketability of their brand and then we ended up actually i ended up opening their second location with them for mm-hmm. their brand and then like throwing throwing events for their brand. And then like, it just completely from that one opportunity and that one day in that limo, like two years ago now, or maybe like, yeah, almost two years ago, like made me realize, okay, I'm pretty good at this shit. And then they were happy with my performance. So they told all of their friends and their network of people. And the higher up you go, the higher up in people who you have the connections to, they have more connections. And right. the more like they, they see you helping them, they want you to help out their friends and their empire because that's how their growth grows as well. So they put me in touch with all of their connections and they recommended me to them. And I had, I had no business cards, no website, nothing. And I was just like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And it, it made me the most money I've ever made in a three-month period of time that That's I made awesome. in my entire career, probably. Yeah. It's wild how one interaction, too, can change the course of what you're doing. I mean, everything. Like how I started clubbing, one random interaction from someone that watched my videos. Like how I started media, one person that... Um, I was in a limo at the right time, like with the right people and just started happening. But also like that only could happen because I had the arsenal of tools, which I spent years crafting and 
getting to a point where it's sufficient enough to be given out. Right. Like granted, I wasn't in media. I wasn't in marketing. I would have no value to the conversation. So I try to be like well-versed in whatever, like in every industry I can. So right. I can, I don't have to, have, I don't have to be the smartest in the room about everything, but I can add something to the conversation. Yeah. And that's the smartest way to be. If you know a little bit about a lot of stuff, it's better than knowing so much about one thing because it gives you versatility when you're having conversations. Yep. Exactly. All right. So then as if you don't have enough to fill out your schedule, you also launched Atlas Innovative, which is your line of athletic wear. How did you decide to start a clothing brand and what is that process like? Right. So probably the thing I'm most proud of in my life, surprisingly. Um, So I started that when I was like really, really young, like before I even was graduating high school, before COVID ever happened, like I started this years ago. So Something that not many people know about because of my social media presence is that I was a professional dancer for 10 years. I think I saw that on your Instagram. There was like one picture of you. Yeah. 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 All the way at the very bottom. Yeah. Uh, I was a professional dancer for 10 years. I was traveling throughout Europe months at a time on three month benders, basically like training, competing in the world. That's crazy. Uh, Blackpool, England, everywhere, basically competing all around the United States, of course. And then, like, I wanted that to be my career. That's why I chose New York, actually, before I even decided to come out here for work and school and play, obviously. I wanted – I was like, you know what? I can go to New York because it's close enough to home, but it's also, like, where the best trainers are. It's where my trainers at the time were at. It's only all I knew for, like, where where you go next, you know? I feel like all performers either want to go to L.A. or New York, and and New York was where I had my coaches already, so it made sense. And But unfortunately, while I was on, like, one of my last, like – once I came back from my biggest like tour around around like uh, Europe, mm-hmm. when I came back, I got really injured and I had three surgeries in three three surgeries in four years. Right. And so like from like eighth grade up and for like the next like two three years, I was just getting surgery after surgery, and then I realized I was like, all right, you know, like uh, I'm I'm getting up there right now where I need to decide if I want to go to college for uh, if I want to go to college for. Uh, for work and for Atlas itself, right. or do I like business, or do I want to be a dancer? And it was at that cusp of like that ninth grade, tenth grade, where you need to start start figuring out like what you're passionate about and what route you want to go. Right. Because when you're a dancer, it's like from a young age you got to commit fully, or you can't do it. Right. And so I was like, you know what? Like I d- haven't had a childhood yet because I've spent my entire life training and being in this such like toxic and hard environment. I think I'm gonna step away and just focus on like the next chapter of my life, right. whatever that is. And so, and just try to be a kid again. But then out of that also came the idea that I still want to be an athlete and be in the athletic industry. So how can I merge those two of being an athlete and being me? And so that's where I put together a clothing company. Honestly, I was in a lesson for dance. I was in the middle of a workshop for a dance, for a dance lesson. And I remember exactly where I was. I was in the middle of like a pose that we were doing. I, I saw the guy's shirt that he was wearing and I'm like, I like that. I want to start a clothing company. And literally I just spent the next six months doing it. Like, I can't tell you why I did it, but I was like, honestly, I said, fuck it. Like, why not? You know, I'm young. I was like, what, 14, maybe like who, I don't even remember how old I was. Yeah. That's crazy. I was like, let's do it. And then I spent the next six months every single morning before school, like researching, reading, like watching Gary Vaynerchuk videos. The second I wake up watching motivational videos, because getting out of bed at 5am is not what anybody wants to do. Especially in just, high school. <laughs> yeah. Now it's even worse. Yeah. But like, I, I just figured that out. I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to figure it out. And then thankfully, I my dad has had has his own business. So I was working with him every single summer since eighth grade. So I had some money already for my own. 
And like, I was always like selling candy in high school. I was selling candy in high school to make money. And then he was like, you know what? Like, if this is really what you want to do, I'll match whatever you want to put into it. And so I was like, amazing. Oh, so now dope. I had some amount of money, not nothing crazy, like a couple, maybe like two, three thousand dollars yeah. of what like I had. And I was like, all right, let's figure this, let's do this. And I literally like spent months at a time just planning out every item of clothing, designing it, like sketching it out, figuring out the logo, like um, making templates, comparing every single brand I could think of, all of their analysis of how their sizing works, of how what materials they're using, what the name of their brand is, their target market. And I have the spreadsheets of just like three, four or five different brands that I thought were like people that I wanted to be like. I analyzed all of that. And this is while I'm in high school, like just doing it because I thought that was the right thing to do. Right. And then finally, like I showed my parents, I'm like, here's how, here's what's going to cost. Here's, here's my research I've done. Here's why I think it'll work. I showed it to them and they're like, no, can't do it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then I took another two months and then they're like, too much money, too much risk. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Understandably so, whatever. So then I take it back to the drawing board and I'm like, all right, well, what can I do right now to figure out like how I can get it at some point? So they're like, order the samples now. And so I order all the samples for the clothing and it comes in maybe two months later because it's coming from overseas right. and with shipping just honestly takes so long, the overseas route. Yeah. I buy shipping, spend maybe like thousand dollars at that time, unless like ordering like 10, 20 different items from every different walk of life for athletic wear. And I just start trying them on. I start doing photo shoots. I spent eight hours editing a 10 second video for a dress that never even got posted. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I edited a video. And then finally, like once I figured out what was going to work, I figured out what I liked. I figured out the tweaks I ordered. I finally convinced them to allow me to order everything. And then they're like, all right, let's run it. And that's, that's how it started. And then from there just was the slew of craziness and that would follow being the brand. That's awesome. That's so crazy that you were so young and you were already thinking about that and like figuring out how to do it yourself. That's so, that's so cool. Um, so then in August, I guess like you relaunched, yeah. So because I moved to New York, it took like I needed a hiatus from like my old, like everything at the time. Right. So the brand, unfortunately, had to take a hit to it. Just naturally, it just wasn't enough time. I, I in the in my part, I was uh, I was in dorms for a while. Right. In side eye. And so I just couldn't bring all my clothes to it, obviously. But I was making sales. I still would bring some in, like whatever, make sales here and there on the side. But in the summer, I was like what am I going to do? Like, I need some money. Like I want to make more money. I want to just blow this up. And Atlas was always on the top of my mind. Like I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back because like, I love it. It's my passion project. You know, right. like what brought me the most joy, like years prior, like, like I, I don't want it to go away. And I, now I have like thousands of dollars of inventory right? Uh, in my, in my basement that I need to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, because I sold out the first collection. Well, the, the first collection, once I broke even, I was like, let's start the second collection. Forgot the second collection, first day, sales, crazy sales. Like when you're in high school, it's doing like a thousand dollars in a day is wild. Right, of course. You know, crazy. And so um the week after COVID hit. Oh shit. My uh, Atlas through school was my main way of making sales. Like we be like me and all my friends be walking in with tubs of clothing. Everyone's like, what is that? Everyone in the school's wearing it. Like our brand awareness in the school was insane. Was oh, that's cold. sick. Yeah, that's crazy. COVID hits, goodbye. You know, done. Oh no. So that's why I first stopped it. Cause I was like, I don't know how to do this now, like only online. And then finally, when I got to New York, I had some time to just like get into the city, get into my groove. Right. And then I moved, moved into my own apartment. And then I had time to figure out like, what's the next move? How can I like diversify what I'm doing? How can I restart up my brand? How can I just keep pushing this out? 
And then that's when I was like, in August, let's do it. And I spent months still, I spent two months figuring out like the photo shoots, how we're going to market it and all right. that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I decided to just launch it up again and we did it. Yeah. That's awesome. How's the response been to like the relaunch? Good. It's been great. And honestly, like I'm thinking of like, um, like rebranding it completely into mm-hmm. more of like a merch thing. Okay. That's and cool. More of like a lifestyle brand. Right. Aside from just an athletic brand, right. because I think in terms of athletic brand, you have to go super heavy on the influencer marketing and in the influencer lifestyle of like health and wellness. And that's nothing like my brand. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> despite, like despite the fact that like I'm in the gym five days a week, like consistently working out, like it's who I am as a person. It's just right. not the brand I've built. So I'm thinking of, like restructuring it into more of like a, this is, this is the lifestyle brand of people that want to live this life. Yeah, that's awesome. So might be, might be coming up something like that soon, but that's what it's looking like. That's great. Uh, where'd you come up with the name? Where did that come from? Um, so I, I went through a couple different names prior and then honestly, there's none of them took. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, what about, we're working with like Greek God names, like potentially, you know, just, I forget, I, cause just, it just worked for an athletic brand, you know, right. like a Greek God. And so Atlas is the God of strength and endurance and put two and two together. It just works. And then innovative, I think came out of because atlas alone was taken already and innovative was sort of like what i was doing like right. trying to be innovative right. in a new way and then atlas innovative sort of just came up about just pretty organically yeah i love the sweatshirt because um like i like to wear hoodies without anything under it like an undershirt or anything <laughs> and super like soft and comfortable and then i have the t-shirt yeah. too i think somewhere yeah the the t-shirt's my favorite in particular but, yeah yeah I love hoodies for the winter and like I try to wear them as long as I can until I can't fucking take it anymore because it's too hot. I get it. Yeah. And I wear the hat literally like in all like a bunch of my TikTok videos. I mean, I wear it every day when I'm in the gym. Like it just like to me, it's just like it's part of me. So I just love to wear it. Yeah. It's really funny, too, because I I ordered the hat. I ordered the shirts. I guess like when you were I was following what you were doing with like the relaunch and then you were doing like a TikTok live and you were telling people like if they wanted to order it early. So I was like, fuck it. I'll order a sweatshirt and like you know, support the cause. Um, so I've been wearing all the stuff that I've had and my boyfriend wears the hat all the time, but he doesn't know like what it is or where it comes from. It's just like another hat in my house. So last right. night he was like, oh, you have an interview tomorrow. Who is it? So I was trying to explain it to him and he just like wasn't grasping the concept. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the fucking hat you wear around all the time with the yellow thing yeah. on it. You have no idea. It's that yeah. guy. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's dope. It's, I, I love it. I can't complain. It's awesome. All right. So talk to me about the hostings that you're doing, like the table hostings. Promoting in general at most of like New York City's like exclusive clubs, I'd say, mm-hmm. is that it works in a way of like clubs pay promoters to bring people out to fill the club. Mm-hmm. And then in, in addition to that, like we, me as a promoter in the club itself sells tables to people that want to party with those people. Okay. So um, being around promoters that I like that I've seen like made me feel uncomfortable or like I just things that I think that I felt like I could do better or that I didn't like about the clubbing industry. Right. My friends and I were like, why don't we like, just like give it a shot? And my social media following on TikTok at least is very much like New York City club. Like, right. It's like I'm that like I'm that New York City club kid that's like on everyone's for you page. Do you either hate him or love him? Right. And so like I was like, I need a way to bring bring my community together. You know, like I don't care for like. I don't care about selling merch. I don't care about like, I'm not at a point where I would want to do any of those things, but I have a community and why don't I see how I can provide the most value to them? And that for me was like, throw events. Right. And I'm not interested in being a promoter or uh, this host. 
it's more so just a lot of people ask me for recommendations and help. And my DMs are flooded with people always asking, oh, where are the best places to go? Can you can like, can we go out sometime? Can we party? Like, give me some recommendations. And instead of sending them to people that I can't trust or that I don't necessarily like know that well, why don't I do it myself? Right. You know, I want to party. I want to like, I want to get paid to party. So why not? And like, it's been amazing to see the response of people like that want to come out and hang out and party with us. Yeah. And so whether they're coming out to meet me, which is even crazier to fathom, or just want to come out and just party and get their friends in for free, doesn't matter. As long as you guys are having a good time, that's what makes me so happy. And I'm just like grateful that I can do it. And how that came about was that um, one of my mutuals through social media um, got asked to host a table and she was like, why don't we do this together? Because I don't really know how to do this. And you've obviously like, this is like your, like your niche. Yeah. Right. Like why don't we do two together and like make something crazy happen. And that happened at Georgia room about six weeks ago. And uh, after that, it was just went to like, they reached out and they're like, Hey, you clearly are doing this. Well, you want to do it yourself. And I was like, yeah, of course, because I think it's the best opportunity ever to combine my tendencies of being, you know, that club kid right. and just the ability to, bring people together to have a great time just worked very well. Right. And it's so beneficial to help elevate what you're doing and the kind of like brand that you're starting for yourself. Like that's the whole theme of what you're doing. So it'll help you grow. And at the same time, it makes people who are following you and invested in what you're doing. It gives them a chance to kind of get a little closer to you. I feel like that's important. Right. And it wasn't even until recently until I was asked at some, like, like right now it's very weird because I get asked to like, come to like events mm-hmm. just to like show face right and so like when i was out one time the like like the, the host came up to me and she's like people care about what you're doing they care about where you are and i that, that never really like reconciled with me i was like they definitely like no one really cares right but response from people who are posting events and like they just want to come out and party with us it's amazing to see the response and the reactions that people want to be involved and get involved and like get a part of this industry that is like the new york city club scene right and so it can be like a little taste of it um, that's great, but I wanted to diversify out of the club scene into more bigger and just more fun and like diverse events. So. Events, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we have some stuff planned for that in the next few weeks. Um, so also in one of your videos, you started talking about your 2022 resolutions, and I wanted to know if you have followed through on reading your one book per month. <laughs> right. All right. We're two. So what month before? Yeah, is April still? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's almost May. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> January did it. February did it. March, halfway through the book, but I don't love it. And so I just sort of dropped it. And that's mm-hmm. more so like, the, it's the book's fault. It's not right. my fault. Right. We'll but blame I the book. Trying, yeah, blame the book. But I am <laughs> trying to keep that goal consistent because reading and mental health is like such an important, like just that morning clarity of like not checking the DMs, not checking the views, not right. checking the comments. And like having that hour and a half in the morning to wake up, read, like meditate, get my mind right for the for the day ahead is like so important. So it's hard. It's hard to be that disciplined. Yeah. But on that list of things, that's the least important. one. Yeah, there were more important ones, but I figured we keep it light. <laughs> Let's talk about your 10,000 square foot outdoor terrace at your apartment that you're always posting on. How yeah. did you find yeah. an apartment with such an enormous outdoor space? And is it like your private space or is it shared? It's my space. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's huge. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for where I live and ha- had the opportunity to be able to like be here. So yeah, I love my terrace. It's amazing. But you know, I have a bitchy neighbor and I never use it. So. <laughs> really? 
Nope, never. Oh, that's crazy. I feel like it's bigger than most people's apartments <laughs> in New York City. Yeah, it's probably the size of my dorm. It's probably the size of my dorm like two years ago. So. Yeah, it's sick. Every time I see it on the, the videos or if you post it on Instagram, I'm like, that's crazy. I could live out there. I wish I could use it. Like, I wish. Like, uh, my neighbor, I moved in here maybe like May, uh, January of last year. Mm -hmm. And then when it was warm out and in like April, May, I was like, you know what? Let me have some people over. Like, let, let, like well, let's like make something cool. We have this amazing space. Might, might as well. Yeah. And so I, I had like five people over. We had like a mini, mini, like a bow speaker. And like, there's like four of us hanging outside talking with the speaker. Guy comes out like, who the, like, where the fuck is Malcolm? Like, you guys need to get out of here right now. I have kids sleeping downstairs. Like, you're making up such a ruckus. Like, oh, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the fire department. You need a permit oh to have alcohol. Like, I'm going to call about smoking. I'm going to call about blah, blah, blah. And he, like, listed off every single thing he could possibly do to ruin my you life. You need a permit to have alcohol at your own apartment? That's the most yeah, ridiculous all, thing I've ever heard. Not true. Um, <laughs> like, oh, if you're throwing a party with more than, like, 20 people, there's, like, six of us right, at the time. Right, right. Like, also, like, I'm not, like, as big as a partier as I look, I I host here rarely ever. Yeah, right. And maybe, like, four people over. Yeah. And he just had a whole busy fit. Oh, and it was 9 p.m., by the way. <laughs> that was my next question. What time was yeah. it? 9 p.m. 9 p.m. It wasn't, like, trust me, like, being disrespectful is not something that we ever strive to do. Right. Like, it was just very unreasonable, but, I mean, sucks. Can't use it right now, but. That sucks. It just comes with it, you know? It's just so beautiful to, like, walk out on in the mornings. Yeah, sit out there, have coffee or something. Exactly. All right, let's do a quick round of rapid fire questions. Best experience you've had since moving to New York City? Best experience? Like, it's so random, but, and it's not a big thing. Like, everyone would assume, like, oh, I was clubbing with, like, Lil Uzi one night. Yeah. No, not, not, not the most fun one. Most fun experience, aside from hosting a table by myself, finally, mm -hmm. the second night I moved here, um, a group of us that we had just met in college through Instagram decided that we were just going to, like, like get wasted and just run around Manhattan. And we walked from Fidei all the way to like Washington Square Park one night mm -hmm. at like 2 a.m., like in 80 degree heat, just a bunch of us randomly talking, mingling, getting to know each other, exploring New York City, like listening to Frank Sinatra and like, you know, like all like just having that amazing first experience in New York. By far, favorite memory. Okay, worst experience since you moved to New York City. And don't say the subway. <laughs> worst experience in New York City would have to be uh, getting scammed by uh, an employer that I worked with through one of my brands. Stole, stole two grand from me after three months of work. Oh, man. Did you yeah, get it back? Far. Nope. Did you sue him? Well, it wasn't even like I lost it. I did three months of work and I was owed $2,000. Oh, oh, so they just never gave you the money that you were owed. Yeah. That's fucked. I can't believe people still do that shit. Oh, yeah, very, very much so. What's something you want to change about yourself to improve? My confidence. Be more confident. Be more like, take charge more and do more. It's funny that you say that because it's interesting how like, when you see someone from one perspective, they seem one way. And then when you talk to them in a different environment, they're another. So for you to say that your confidence is something that you want to work on is crazy because what most people see of you makes you look as though that's not a problem. Right. I mean, it's more so like social media, like paints a picture that you want to paint. You know, right. like everything we film, we film like those get ready with me that I film. They take 45 minutes to film. Right. Like those like random clubbing videos or like, for example, the viral tick, the viral TikTok of the city bike took mm -hmm. four tries. Right. That, that night. I remember filming it four different times. Like we curate an image of the people that we want to be. Right. And so you're going to see this person that is who I would like to possibly be. Right. But it's not me all the way yet. But it's more so confidence on, on the idea that like 
I wouldn't be able to have the confidence in my ability to do more right. and to like create more events and to do more for everybody and just curate a community of people like on a larger scale. And right. so like not like confidence to be able to like take charge and do more. Right. That's so funny yeah. that you say that too about like the way that you make content. Um, I started making these like rant style videos on Instagram and I would post them on like different platforms and they started to get a lot of views. But it's interesting what you're saying because I've experienced the same thing from like friends of friends of friends who have seen it or follow it and watch it. And then when they meet you, they're like, oh, we were expecting something different. And I was away a couple of weeks ago at a wedding and somebody had said to me like, oh, you got to get into character. Like, are you going to like do your thing? And I was like, no, like that is who I am. It's part of my personality, but that's not how I act 24 seven. I'm not going to show up to an event screaming, fuck this and fuck that and fuck your mother. Like that's, that's part of like a persona, even though it's part of myself. And the same thing, like I'll sit down and, and go to do something and I'll have to start it over because it doesn't work. And I'm trying to like figure out my footing. So it's interesting that like nobody gets to see anything but the finished product. And then they think that it's just natural almost, even though it takes effort and time. Yeah, it's not fully like that's exactly what I go through because being in such a niche genre of like New York City club life. Right. When I'm out, people always come up to me and they're like, you're the guy from my For You page or like, oh, like you're so much lower energy than I expected. Right. Or like, you're not, you're not like how I thought you were supposed to be. Or like, oh, why aren't you acting or saying these things now that you were saying like in your videos, like blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's just like, it's not who I am. Like it's, it's a persona. It's a part of who I am. It's the, it's the person that is like doing it for you guys. Right. And providing the value that like, likes to watch it. Right. And I'm not but, faking it, but it's not right. who I am all the time. It's overdone. Right. Like, and it has to be. Because it's exaggerated. Like you, you can't touch and feel me. So I have to be more projecting in my voice right. and more energetic in the clips so that when they cut, I'm more energetic or that when they're cutting, they make more smooth together or in the intro so that I get retention on videos. Like it's all algorithmic and it's all created so that to provide a better experience for the video. Right. And it's who I am, but it's not like my actual personality. That's right. just who we are of content to be made. Right. And it's interesting when you start doing things like that and people start to watch and then there's expectations like kills it all. Yeah. Like makes completely changes the narrative how you have to react to certain situations. Yeah. Okay, so favorite thing that you've already changed about yourself? How I dress. Style. Like, is, yeah, like I never considered myself a person that was like a fashion person. Like I always had like my style and I knew what I liked to wear, but like a big thing of that a big thing now is people are interested in like the, the get ready with me's and like they're always wondering like so that's really interesting to see that people care about what I'm wearing and they like are able to take an opinion that they like it or they even if they don't like it the fact that people even give a fuck to see what i'm wearing right is really interesting because i really like the style i'm creating for myself and this like look i have right that didn't have a year and a half ago two years ago even right so my style for sure yeah you've inspired me to get my shit together and get back in the gym because i will by the end of this summer be able to wear a denim jacket without a shirt on <laughs> Do it. as you should you absolutely should um what has made you feel most accomplished so far Probably Atlas. I yeah, say. I think you kind of answered that already. Yeah, that, that as well as like just seeing like the recognition from social media in public. That's really interesting to see, like how that's like growing to something that's really like random, especially in a place like New York City. Right. Like yeah. it's so big. Like I mean, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, what is your biggest fear? Um, probably like doing something on a large scale and not and like failing to accomplish it. Right. Just like fail failure in any degree. Failure. Yeah, and like to disappoint yourself almost. 
yeah, I mean, everything I do is for like my, my is I don't do anything for myself. I do it all for my friends and for my family. Like the hosting is so that I can get all my guy friends into clubs. Like, uh, uh, like the clothing is so that I can make a lot of money and just like spend it on my family. Like everything we're doing is for other people. Like, right. I don't care. I, I do it because it's like fun and I'm, I'm easy, like in front of a camera, but like I do it all for my friends. So just being able to do that to them and like not accomplish that, I feel like I've let them down more than I would myself. Uh, best remedy for a hangover. Um, my new one is liquid IV. I love that shit. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do a brand deal with them. But you should. I somehow, thought it was bullshit, and it's not. It literally right. saved my life on my last trip. Yeah, I need. I need to give it a shot. I think. I think it worked well with, with like the brand. Anyway. What you're doing, 100. percent Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say best like greasy food, like a burger, like a cheeseburger, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> That's it. What is the most New York thing you say on the daily? I'm a transplant. Can't we answer that question? Really? You haven't Everyone- like adopted any lingo that you started using that you're like oh shit i never said that before nope i can't say i have honestly no give it time you will the longer you stay nope. here <laughs> yeah the longer i stay i'll start adopting things i mean i'm sure i have in some walk of life from my, of my lingo and my terminology but nothing i think of off the top of my head yeah all right last question have you thought about starting a podcast uh it's already it might, might be under works already it's happening might be i think that's such a great idea i was thinking about this last night because i was thinking to myself like I listened to a few of like the bigger ones and I just started listening to um, Call Our Daddy with Alex Cooper. Yeah, yeah, of course. I never had listened to it before like three weeks ago and now I can't stop. It's so funny. I listen to podcasts religiously. I love it. And I feel like there's so much New York City content in the podcast industry, but it's a lot of women. I haven't found any guys who are doing the things that you're doing or the things that those girls are doing, talking about right. that kind of stuff with like New York kind of being the subject. And I feel right. like that is an open space that someone needs to fill. So last night I was yeah. thinking, if he's not thinking about this already, it's time. You already know it's underway. <laughs> like We're just working out a few things here and there, but like we've been, this has been an idea that we've been ruminating about for like months. I love it. Are you so, going to do it by yourself or are you going to, you have like some people to do it with you? Uh, like I have like my core group of friends that I film all my videos with that will probably be like guests on it, yeah. but we haven't really worked out details of like how we're going to run it exactly yet. But it's definitely something that we're trying to figure out the logistics of to make it work well. That's awesome. So. Drop like all of the places that people can follow you if they're not doing so already. Sure. My Instagram and TikTok, all my handles are at Malcolm X Charles and um, my YouTube is Malcolm Charles. So that's that. That's it. Yeah. Are you going to keep doing the vlogs? I feel like it's, there hasn't been that many. Vlogs are hard to keep up with only because of the, the production value, which I want to create and right. like start. But we do have a new thing that we're starting and launching in the next like two weeks. So vlogs will be coming back. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sitting down with me and talking about everything that you're doing. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Mainly, thank you so much. Yeah. Mainly because you basically confirmed that you're doing a podcast, even though you won't just say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, well, this time will tell. But if everything goes well, maybe we'll be roles reversed so that'll be fun call me yeah let's do it (laughs) all right thanks so much for being here thanks for sitting down with me and um we'll talk soon amazing yeah thanks for having me 